Welcome to Night Shift Rift, episode two. That's right. We're back for more. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Damien. This time we're and actually Mike. separate. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting. Uh, it's like each of, so episode one, we were trying something uh, brand new to us, and now episode two, still brand new, because we're doing it in a different way, so... Uh, but this should be the way, if everything works out, how this is going to move forward. So, no more big changes from this point forward, hopefully. Yep. Except, yeah, really shouldn't be. Uh. So, big welcome back to uh, everybody who was able to endure uh, episode one or any newbies coming along. Big thanks to anybody who uh, has uh, decided to follow us. Uh, that's definitely uh, what we want to do is get some followers. Hopefully we uh, can continue to entertain if that is what we're doing. Yep. Uh, today is, uh, we're decided on D&D. &D. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, uh, we're going to just talk about, I guess, D&D uh, &D as a whole. Uh, this is something that's extremely new to me. Uh, I was always I, I grew up the uh, the sports uh, guy. I was always involved in uh, football, baseball, track and field, whatever, anything uh, athletic. Never so much on the uh, I wouldn't say gaming because I did do like video games and stuff too. But Dungeon and Dragons was definitely never something I would have even thought to do. It seemed always very nerdy to me. It is. Uh, yeah. I, I only recently started, like, relatively. Like, within the last, like, year or two. So, yeah, but you are a nerd, so it definitely fits for you. Yeah. No, it's, it, but it's fun as hell. It, it is. So, I will have to say, we, uh, so, not that long ago, I, uh, joined in on my first, I guess they call it a one-shot, just to kind of get a feel for things. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's, uh, I don't know anybody out there who doesn't know exactly what D&D is. I mean, it's kind of a, it's basically like storytelling uh, with a friend, a group of friends where you tell a story together. You're, you know, different races and uh, different beasts or foes that you're gonna try to go up against throughout it and you all kind of work together with a uh, main storyteller to kind of yeah just have this fantasy role-playing kind of thing that is really takes you out of the real world for however long you're doing it which is really kind of nice to be able to step back and just have some fun and be somebody else, do something else for for a while. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yep, the main storyteller dude is... He's the GM. Or DM. Shit. Yeah, the dungeon master. Or, I don't... You could say... Game master, too. I don't... I think they're interchangeable, really. Yeah, I mean, I think game master is coming from a different... Um, different game not dungeons and dragons but i think it, it it still applies probably but yeah you make your own character uh 
and then the DM or GM or whatever makes the story. Or there's also pre-made ones out there made by the company that the DM will take the players through. Right, and the best part, uh, the thing that I like about it is the the creating of the character is almost as fun as actually going through the story. You, uh, I mean, obviously it's it's intensive. There's a lot of options, and there's some research that goes along with it. But I mean, there's so many cool options, so many different things that give you different. Uh, strengths and attributes and skills that uh, it's really interesting you know you have your basic stuff your your ogres your elves your but then there's also some ones that yeah orcs there's there's but then there's some ones that you wouldn't know of like those are things you know of just through most fantasy movies you know uh, that you've probably seen uh, your what do they call Lord them? Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. You know, you're going to know most of those, but then there's also some things that you've never heard of before. The you know, War Forged, and uh, there's so many more. Yeah, yeah. They they make a lot of their own races. They also they're the the company that makes D and D Wizards of the Coast is the same company that makes Magic the Gathering, which is a card game. So they have expansions for the game that are based in the magic world. So they've got a bunch of races in there and play sets and stuff. I think modules is what they're called. So kind of like add-ons. Yeah. Little add-ons. Yeah, basically. Uh, and you've only ever played a character. You never. Yeah, I'm, I've never, I've never DM'd. Uh, that, I think that's something, though you can be new and do that, I'm sure. Uh, but I will be honest that so as intensive as it is to create the character, especially with such little knowledge, I mean, that, that I have being new to it, uh, I've found it that when it comes to actually playing in the story, that you being new to it are already at a kind of disadvantage you don't know how everything works as far as uh rolling for attacks and when you do hit if you're you know what do i roll now is you know another d20 is it a d8 whatever i don't know all the different options of die uh so that plus the uh, the game is very math intensive it's very simple math but there's a, a lot of constant numbers uh, when you're in, like, battle, yeah. especially. So, yeah, it's all just and basic so, addition and subtraction. And, and that, you know, during a battle, you've already got so much going on being new, not knowing what different attacks you have, uh, especially if you decide to do something with any kind of casting, you know, magic, any kind of cantrips or... Yeah, magic is very not new-friendly. Right, right. Well, because there's, once again, there's so many options. You don't know when you can cast them because some of them are, uh, you know, based off of distance from an opponent and uh, distance from even like uh, a, not just a, a foe, but a friend. You know, so there's so many different options there. And it takes a lot to, I think that DMing right off the bat, it would put, would make for a very difficult experience 
Yeah, you don't have to look and you'd have to read all the rules intensively and all the different yeah stats. You'd have to right, learn and, what they all do very quickly. And the, of course, you have you'll as a DM, you can have cheat sheets available and different things like that, and you can be prepared to a point. But that's one of the best parts about this is as prepared as you can be. It's kind of also up to the group uh, how well you follow the story that the DM is trying to create. Because if they're being uh, wanting to go off the beaten path a little bit, you've got to kind of try to reel them back in, but at the same time keep the story going. So it's, I think that would be once again also very difficult as uh, as a new. Dungeons and Dragons to try to do, but yeah, there's there's a couple different ways people GM. One is they, they call it railroading, where you just force your players to follow your story and not deviate. Uh, that's what the like pre-made modules kind of have to do to a large degree because they can't preemptively make things for every option. And I mean, I didn't. I wasn't playing very much before I started to DM. Like I played, I played a game in 4E, but that was a few years ago. And I, when I started working, shit. Then we say we wanted to not say that. Yep. Uh, so a couple months into a, your new job. Yep. A uh, couple months into the new job, I, uh, you know, met a bunch of people and we started playing. And then shortly thereafter, I started DMing for some old friends that I've gamed with a lot. And it's, yeah, well, I'm, I'm real into, like, I don't know, reading about all that stuff. I got most of the rules and all the things you can do down rather quickly. Right, yeah, I'm still working on the rules and things that you can do. <laughs> I definitely, I've done some research, but I don't know what all the different creatures and, well, races, and then not only just races, but uh, classes and things like that. I don't know what all comes along with that in detail. And I definitely, I, I haven't played anything magical uh, you know, wizard or uh, anything along those lines uh, that that I think is something I should do at some point but I know that it's going to take a lot more research and it's definitely interesting to do that research it's for me like I said it's half the fun creating the character and knowing what that character is capable of at that point and um, but that I like about it too is that the games uh, you mentioned railroading most games, video games, board games whatever you have it, it follows a set path the rules are the rules there is no deviation and with this it's completely up to the DM yeah you know, yeah, that, that's the, the rules can be flexible, or they could be. These are the rules. the The storyline can be straight and narrow. You have to follow this path, or it could be 
you know, maybe you get off the off the beaten path a little bit. Um, but it's something that is available to adapt and change to what you what you and the group and the DM want want to happen, which is really neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I was talking about with the pre-made modules. It's the same problem video games have is, like, the developers can't... Jesus Christ. Uh, can't anticipate <laughs> everything. So, right. But, uh, yeah, with D&D, even, like, with... I take how I GM or DM. Keep mixing it up. Uh, I take a lot of inspiration from video games because I've played a lot of them. More specifically... I love the Mass Effect series, and then See, I've never played it at all. It it's very linear, but there's a bunch of little side quests that you can pick up, and as you do them, it in the end will help you out in the long run. Like a lot of things you do in there have further consequences down the line, whether it be helpful or negatively impacting. So I like that sort of thing where it's most of the choices you make in the done in the. D&D game will affect you later on at some way or another, whether it be minor or major. And it's you just gotta, it's a lot of note keeping as the DM of anything major they do. Gotta have consequences for it. And also same thing really about Skyrim because they, they've got like a, also a great game. They've got a storyline but you don't, you can completely ignore that you don't ever have to finish that storyline. There's just so much extra nonsense to do. So that's <laughs> kind of how I try to DM. Like, the, the story's there. You guys can go and do it if you want. But any side quest you do, they'll eventually start building up impactfulness later on if you ever do, or when you do get to the main story. Because at some point... But nothing else... If nothing else, it's experience that your character's building at that point, right? I mean... Yes, yeah. Basic D&D, you get experience for everything you kill. And that's really it. There's, I don't think there's any supplementary rules. I think the only way you get experience is from killing things. Which takes a while. It also doesn't really award people who avoid fighting. Like sneaky people who walk around and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the way I... I do it based off like a milestone. Like once you hit a point, you'll level up. That's how I try not to yeah, railroad them, but you've survived this long. Here is yes. you know, your level uh which I think makes sense because yeah, like you said there are certain characters, you know, you have uh basic fantasy role uh fantasy games not just fantasy role play games but like fantasy games like world of warcraft and all those other ones you have your tanks and your healers and i mean your heal your healers aren't going to kill a lot of things your well it uh, does it does do good in the sense of like if there's the party the experience is split up to everyone who is in the fight okay so i mean there is that uh, but if you're not a tank, you're not killing anything, technically, really. I mean, that's not true, but... I mean, even uh, then, like, yeah, the tank's more for taking damage. You want a DPS. Which in D&D, like, the fighter or the paladin are right. great at just dishing out damage. As well as most of the spellcasters. Whereas, like, some of the other classes, like barbarian and pal or barbarians are, like, 
stereotypical tanks. Uh, what what would uh, be your? It's it's kind of tough. I know there's a lot of options, but what do you think would be your favorite? Let's break it down and start with race. What do you think your favorite race would be in D and D? Oh shit! Be, be racist. Be racist. Um, <laughs> D and D here. What do you think would be your favorite race? I know there's a lot of options to choose from, and they all have uh, different perks. Yeah, perks, but... and some of them have drawbacks. Uh, shit. The I really like Simic hybrids. Simic hybrids? Yeah, they're one of the races that they pulled for magic. They, uh, so is that similar to the animal hybrids? Is that the same thing? or? Yes, yes, that is. So generally, like when we play, there's an app on the phone you mm -hmm. can get which makes leveling and making characters infinitely easier. But for copyright reasons, they rename a lot of stuff. So yeah, on the app, it's called right. animal hybrids. So Simic hybrid. Yeah, they're, they're, I like them a lot because once you hit like level 3 and level 5, there's genetic mutations you can pick. Because the mm -hmm. whole backstory for the Simics is they're all made, generally. So when you level up to three and five, you get to pick some mutations, like uh, you grow gills or get some glider wings. You can't really fly, but they let you, again, glide. Glide, which makes you, yeah, uh, usually get like a certain amount of movement for that or whatever. Uh, it lets you fall a certain amount of distance without taking damage. It's also like acid spit, and you can get uh, like crab claws or tentacles and uh, climb. So like gills. Yeah, gills. They're, they're. I mean, you would be able to breathe underwater. Yes. Yeah. They're, it's an left. amphibian race. Like all of the upgrade, all of the mutations are mostly aquatic based. So, yeah. but when you say so, what was it? Simic hybrids. Yes. So, you just get to pick two random things like the, so, so hybrids hit, more than one obviously so when you get when you hit level three it gives you a choice of three options to pick from and when you hit level five it gives you a choice of three other options to pick from but you can also go back and pick from the first three like, what are you originally though like i mean originally you're just a blue dude a blue dude yeah they're just blue people i don't remember off the top of my head what stat bonuses they get I think constitution and dexterity, I want to say. Or it might be constitution okay. and one of your choice. And then once you hit level three, you get your new ability. And when you hit level five, you get your new ability. They, I don't know. I just like them because one of them is like an acid spit ability. So if you're playing a melee fighter, it gives you just a free ranged thing that you don't have to worry about. Because most of the ranged attacks in D&D are based off of a stat called dexterity and when you're playing a fighter or somebody up close you don't typically have a lot of dexterity so ranged attacks like they i mean they're not as effective but the acid spit i find right. is neat plus the gills you can also grow like one of them is growing extra appendages 
like either a set of giant crab claws or a set of giant tentacles, which you can use to melee attack or grapple. But yeah, I just like Simics. They're unique, very unique, even amongst all the other races. Even amongst themselves, they're mostly unique. And what about you? I know you don't have a lot of experience with all the races, but what, what's your favorite race that you've come across? So, so far from what I've come across, um, I would definitely, I already mentioned it once, I would have to say from the research that I've done, I haven't actually been one yet. I had, I was a similar uh, race when we did the one shot, but the Warforged uh, so far has been, from what I've seen, uh, so I was a, it's I think they called it the Dalkin, in yes. the one shot, which so these are they're they call them constructs technically right I think is what it is. Yes, they I think they're also genetically made. Those also come from D and D or not? Yes, they come from D and D. I'm pretty sure those also <laughs> come from a magic supplement. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, um, but you know. They have, um, I mean, they're basically made to be rather resilient, which is a good thing to have. Like, they're immune to disease. They, uh, you get advantage on saving throws uh, against being, like, poison or any kind of poison damage. Uh, don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. All things like that. I think that's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, but... Uh, can be rather so like they have integrated like protection so their AC is typically a little bit higher uh, which is a plus having you know a higher AC uh, less damage is taken in a fight so I definitely I'm a big fan of the any class any race that uh, when you pick the correct class are great fighters obviously um, rather than you know not necessarily there to absorb a lot of damage not there to cast a bunch of magic but to just get in the shit fight <laughs> and actually cause some damage that kind of uh, but so far from what I've seen uh, well not just that from everything I've seen of them they look really fucking sweet yeah they're also blue people all there yeah they're also blue people and they're like uh, usually, like, heavily armored out, like, uh, lots of armor plating and things like that, and it looks really badass. To go off of, though, um, like, but I definitely enjoyed the Vidalkin creature that I created, which is, once again, similar but different. Um, and then recently created the uh, for our, our for the next thing we're doing a Lightfoot Halfling, which is also uh, a rogue. Which I guess that's a whole another thing to get into is classes. Um, so all the different races, which is an unreasonable amount to choose from, right? But then you also have classes and 
things like that. You've got barbarians, bards, clerics, which clerics are you know, spellcasters, I guess, technically. Uh, you know, paladin, also spellcaster. Yeah, paladins Monk. are what, what's called like half casters. They just get right. rates at half. They get spells at half the rate. Right. Uh, then you've got obviously like your full casters, which would be what like sorcerer, warlock, wizard. Yep, and cleric. And cleric, yeah. Um. But out of all of those, uh, you kind of need a little bit of everything in a group, right? So not like necessarily every class, but a you know. Like we just mentioned, the sorcerer, warlock, wizard, uh, paladin's a half caster, and then a cleric. Those are all your magic-based beings for the most part. As far as, uh, so I mean, you want at least one of those in a group would be my guess. It it works out better that way for you. Yeah, there's like the stereotypical party configuration which is like a fighter a healer and a magic caster right i mean if you can add a tank to them to the mix that's probably yeah. preferred as well so you got somebody who takes the damage somebody who gives the damage somebody who heals the damage and then some sort of uh caster that's uh typically a good thing to have all of those things but of all of them, uh, I don't know. Have you gotten a chance? How many of those have you gotten a chance to play? Uh, I played a sorcerer warlock combination because there's also a multi classing, which you mm -hmm. just at some point decide I'm going to be this class too. Uh, so I played a sorcerer warlock. I played a barbarian fighter, and I played a rogue bard. So, so far, my personal favorite would have to be Rogue. Uh, now, I once again, I think uh, Wizard, Warlock, or Sorcerer would be really fucking sweet to play. I just, I'm not there yet, but I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, there's so many different spells that are, that would just be badass to, I think, use. But... From what I've done so far and what I've seen as far as what I'm capable of, Rogue is definitely like my personal favorite. Uh, yeah, Rogues are sick. Really, I can't even really tell you why, but uh, I mean, they're they're stealthy. You typically, right, uh, have high decks. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, so basically, like, the idea with them they get their their skill is to typically not be hit as much not necessarily that they can take a hit but that they won't get hit as much or that yeah they, they, can... they get a ability at some point i think like three levels in called uncanny dodge where you can just once a turn take half damage from an attack right so they can take hits yeah but absolutely it, it, it it's possible like it can take it it's just um, I don't know. That's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, 
fighter background would definitely be, or class would definitely be a secondary for me. But also, monk. I mean, who doesn't want to play a monk? Yeah, like, the monks are. Just, oh, that is true. I just did, badass. I did play a monk in our one shot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just awesome. You know, who doesn't want to do some monk shit? Uh, like so, you've seen all of the all the stupid old movies where they uh, dub over their their voices with English words and uh, all that fun stuff where they're doing all kinds of flips or knocking a dozen arrows out in front of their face at one time with their bare hands or something stupid. I don't know who doesn't yeah. want to do monk shit. I like a lot. Uh, my favorite was warlock. I love warlocks. They have all the packs they can make. You get all the different options. Uh, but they just... Wizards of the Coast, the D&D people, just released the first new class since this version of D&D came out. Uh, the first official new class that they've endorsed and made. Uh, called Artificer. Which, honestly, I think I like a lot more now. So what's that? They're like... Art artificer 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 however you want to pronounce it they're like uh enchanters i guess so i mean like they're more so their magic is geared towards like um making a, a specific item that you're using stronger kind of like weapons and armor and different yeah. things like that it's not like super powerful but they can uh, imbue uh, items with magic. They also get spells, so they're spellcasters. Um, I'd already say, so they're more of a support class than anything, I guess. But if they are spellcasters, they still have the ability to do some sort of attacks, obviously. Yes, I think they're half-casters. But one of my th there's subclasses for each class that further specialize you in however you want to play your character and play the game. And what I like about Artificer so much is they have a uh, they have a subclass called like uh, what's it called Battle Forger Battle Forge, damn it. Okay, yeah. So I mean that's gonna give them uh, extra like attack points or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They also get a pet robot. A pet robot. <laughs> they do. That's that's. I like them a lot because they get a pet robot. See, I, I also liked Ranger because at some point you can also give them a pet. But Rangers are really weak and crappy most of the time. All right. So is Ranger? Ranger's one of the ones that uh, follows some sort of god or something, isn't it? No, no, no. Rangers. They're they're bowcasters. They're Rangers. They're like shooty people. You can also get swords and stuff, but they're so they're mostly good distance yes well typically they're distance they're at distance with range gotcha. but what is it yeah so the battlesmith is what it's called uh has a pet robot and uh they also get they they become a lot more capable with melee fighting a lot more capable than the other subclasses which yeah i just like i like the pet so i like the 
combat mage aspect of it. So, one thing that I've also kind of found interesting through talking with other people um, and through research is that, so like you would think in, in something like this and where it's very fantasy based, I mean, human as a race, you would think would not be the best choice. But they're actually surprisingly have a lot of like really good options for the human race because I guess technically then because the uh, the class is what mostly makes up the ability I guess technically but uh, with that being said you know you still have something that comes from the race and you would think humans would be possible options but it's really not that bad yeah yeah the, not surprising the the class is mostly like you need stats that support your class and then the race supports your stats so humans in D D, there's jack of all trade race really so. that's one of the yeah that's one of the sweet things about them is you can be anything and the human race kind of supports that like so like you could be a fighter that makes sense right i mean why not yeah you could be you could be um a monk uh you could be a warlock those are all things that all make sense like for a human to be and so it's very similar in the game where basically yeah your your stats can kind of fit with that i don't know it's it's interesting once again i just thought you would think they would make humans so underpowered uh, of an option compared to all your other options. Yeah. So, yeah. They, I mean, they really are, like, specialization-wise underpowered because they're, like, all the races give ability score. Like, they increase your abilities. Which, if you don't know... A lot about D&D, no, this really is going to make sense to you, listening. But, so, humans, they increase every ability score by one, which is as, which is a blanket plus five, but it's one to everything. I'm pretty sure it's the highest, like, this is the only race that gives you five increases, but, like I said, it's to everything, so it's not very good for specialization, but for generic classes, it's great. There's also a variant version, like a sub-race of human, which a lot of the races have sub-races, to where you only increase two ability scores by one, but you gain a feat at level one, and feats are a, a, a separate rule that not everybody uses, but they're fun. And starting with one at level one is really good. So yeah. So, I mean, what is, what is a feat? So, like, I don't know if you... Yeah, you got this far. No, you didn't. Maybe you haven't. So every certain amount of levels, each class will give you a chance to increase your abilities so you're not just stuck with whatever you rolled at level one. Right. And then feats are an optional rule where instead of increasing your abilities, if you're fine with your ability scores and how you are, you pick a feat, and there's a big old list of them, and they just add modifiers. Not, not even modifiers, just add new abilities. Like you have your ability scores, which you can increase, or they'll add things like... Uh, you gain three more cantrips or 
as a non-magic user, you gain a couple level 1 spells that you can cast from the wizard spell list and stuff like that. They allow you to either specialize more or open yourself up more to diversity. Very interesting. Which, as a... When I DM, I'm imperfectly fine using feats. They're fun. I don't see why not. Not everybody does it. Because they, like, you can make overpowered characters with it, but yeah, it's a good part. Uh, I've only ever really DM'd for new people. They don't really try to power play. They're just there to have fun. <laughs> they're not. They're not min maxing their characters, so I don't have to worry about that. They're just like, ooh, this sounds cool. Yeah, let's. Yeah, that sounds. Which, which I think is really what it. That's it what it should, should be about. Yeah. Really should be, like. And a, and a good GM is going to do, uh, or DM is going to do, uh, if you're underpowered for whatever reason, a good DM is still going to try to make that fun, even with you being underpowered. They're going to adapt to that uh, and alter. Once again, yes, I know that if it's a pre-bought story, there's so only so much they can do, but if they're creating their own, you know, they can adapt stats and things to make it to where it's still fun even though you're underpowered but then there's only so much you can do when somebody's overpowered and i think that kind of takes away from it yeah especially for for the group yeah no one person's dominating the show it takes away from everybody else but what was i gonna say yeah so in the in the sense of playing fun i don't personally like the power play either i really want to make a character now that is uh, artificer ranger because artificers get pet robots and rangers get just normal pets so i just want to walk around with like a big robot wolf and a big wolf so you can have both yeah a, a fucking robot wolf and a, and a real wolf yeah or like a big robot tiger or something i mean it it's awesome it is creatures just walk with you or can you use them at any point no you can send them out you can like send them out and stuff like you they they obey your commands but they can't like attack or anything they like can that, right? oh yeah no they're combat capable now by That's all. that is awesome by default you have to use your bonus action to command them to attack okay which takes a lot away from it some dms like personally uh nobody picked it but i offered it if you wanted to play they're called beastmaster rangers because when i started dming uh, the artificer wasn't a thing you have to use your bonus action to command creature and i was like that's or no you have to use your full action for the beastmaster and then they revised it at some point i believe in unearthed arcana uh but i was like that's lame because the beast will never be able to out damage you at any point right so wasting your whole action more than so I, I ruled it to where you did just you just control it you just move it on its own. You don't. Well, need but to it's not an it. absolute. It's not an absolute waste if you're able to then keep distance between you and your opponent. Technically, right? I mean. Yeah, I guess you if you're playing a ranger, you could, and you don't have a shot on anybody or something, you could send in your big ass animal to go do something. To do a melee attack that would then keep you at range, so. Yeah, yeah. So I I like the concept of a artificer beastmaster who has two different companion pets 
I'm still fucking geeking that you chose wolves to be the choice. Well, to be fair, uh, I, I looked over and your profile pick is a fucking wolf, so. <laughs> I was I was racking my brain for an animal and I seen one and I went with it. I mean, I guess, to be fair, like, uh, you know, had you said something like a fucking owl or something, I probably would have even laughed harder, to be fair, because, yeah. like, I don't know what the hell you're going to use that for, but... But, like, a giant snake? Two giant snakes? One of which is a robot snake. Yeah, Spe yeah. that's or, important. Well, I mean, to be, to be fair, technically, though, it, it doesn't have to be two of anything. You could say... I could do two different a, ones. A robot snake and a real wolf, so... Yeah. And I don't... As far as the artificer goes, I'm fairly sure it doesn't matter what the animal is. Uh... It just has the stats deciding what the animal looks like. I'm pretty sure it's just for a uh, flair. Just for the fun. Yeah, yeah it has the, the set it. stats regardless. Yeah. So that would actually be even better. Just pick something like really. And it's an earthworm. I'm I'm the beast master of of a fucking earthworm or a ladybug. There you go, ladybug. Yep. That ladybug just beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just, <laughs> just be funny as hell. Yeah, it's definitely not as funny as, yeah, that wolf bit you. You know, it's like, oh, well, that sucks, a wolf bit me. But that ladybug fucked you up. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, so one thing I haven't got that much into yet, though, uh, is so just as much as creating a story, there's backstory for you, like your characters and stuff. Nothing I've done yet, you really create a big backstory for. The one-shot is just that. It's a one-shot, so having some big history doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. And so I haven't got to do that yet. That should be intriguing. And those kind of can come into play. So if you create a story where you're a knight uh, and you uh, come across a group of uh, uh, warriors of some kind... Uh, they might you know, be a little bit more lenient on you because you have history with them or something along those lines. So, like, that's something I haven't done too much of yet that's also uh, intriguing to me, especially because it's just by chance, right? So you create your backstory, and then if it happens to come up during the story, you're like, ooh, ooh, yeah. I might have an advantage here because... Yep. And, like, some of the, like, like, you make your background, but as you make your background, when you're making your character, there's also a option for background, which will give you, like, you know, soldier, mercenary, scribe, things like that. And those do give you actual advantages. But, yeah, as far as, like, what the character makes up, that's more up to the DM. So, you don't really have to make up a whole lot. Like, the people I'm DMing for now, they're all brand new. This is their first session. So, none of them really had a whole lot of background so i asked them when we started or a bit into it like i'm gonna add stuff to what little background you have is that cool and they were fine with it like they just ran into what one of the characters their village was burned down before the game started like that's their background and uh mm -hmm. and they're the only survivor but i threw in that their sibling survived and they just ran into him and they've teamed up with the people they're fighting So like okay. it, you you make your background and it, it 
it's up to the DM to incorporate it in to the game. But yeah. So we've managed to go over race, classes, yeah, a little bit into subclasses and background. That's uh, pretty much the gist of all of that stuff. Uh, but then you the biggest part of the whole thing is obviously storytelling um, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see what you would be like as a DM because you're a shitty storyteller uh, excuse you what do you mean <laughs> you, I, I I don't know what the fuck else that could mean you're, you're trash at telling stories I'm great uh, great we'll let the people decide they, they've, they've listened to you now last week for over an hour. Now this week, uh, we're probably coming up on... So we're we're about 45 minutes right now. And yeah. I think that they would agree that you're trash. I... I mean, I'd agree I'm not very good in these yet. These podcast things. Uh, no, I... <laughs> listen... I got a long car ride. That's what I do most of the car ride is just prep D&D like story and encounters in my head. Like I'm rather upset. Okay. Not going to get so, to run the session this week, so I'm probably going to have to write down a bunch of stuff so I don't forget it cuz uh we normally run on Tuesdays and that's Christmas Eve, so a couple so people that's aren't available. Not yeah, no. Uh Brian already said he's not available and I'm not I'm never keen on running without everybody. Yeah, uh, it's one you're missing out on that piece of the group if nothing else. Like, yeah, you have to rebalance combat if you're gonna do any. And then not only that, but then you've got somebody who doesn't know what's happened, right? So you have oh to like yeah, try then you to have to catch but, them up later. To be fair, there, there's two ways to go about. I've I've done it without people because. Um, do it rather late because I work third shift and everybody else is fine with doing it late but occasionally uh, one player would fall asleep because they would just just get off working like at work and come in and straight do D&D and they might they, they're tired so there's a couple ways to do it uh, either you just like the DM or another character will play their character like in combat and stuff and then for the most part outside of combat they'll just be exempt or yes, yeah, so that's actually. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I've I've also seen that where there's a uh, where the DM himself plays a character. Yes, NPCs, uh, non-player characters that join the party. Uh, that's a thing. Right. Yeah. But yeah. It, so that's interesting. But sometimes, like, they're part of the group and everything. They. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, it happens. So. Uh. So that's. So yeah, either the DM or somebody will play the character, or the DM is like, uh, you wake up from the tavern and they're just not there today. They left a note saying, I'll be back later. <laughs> so, on one hand, if you play the character for them, then you have to explain everything that happened because their character would know everything that happened. But if you're just like, eh, they, they left to go take a shit break for a day, uh, then it's like, well, you don't know what happened, and it's up for them to in-game tell you what happened. And that, that, really that, what that does is that. Really sorry, go on. 
you're, you're good. I'm just thinking, yeah, that's a, a shit day. Like, a whole day. That's what they needed to do that day. Yeah. They set aside time to take a dump. Yep. So if, if you if you write them in as if they're still there and you're playing for them, then it's up to the DM to make sure, at least as far as I'm concerned, it's up to the DM to make sure they're up to date with what's happening. Whereas if you write them out for that session, then it's up to the players. You, you're just, as the DM, you're basically just like, yeah, you all figure it out between yourselves. If you don't remember to tell them <laughs> something, they don't know it. Nice. But yeah. What else? So yeah, if you if you're not if you have a time, I mean, D and D is very time intensive for everybody, but especially for the DM, like the players, they gotta make their characters and they gotta show up for every session, which anywhere from like three to five, six hours, depending on the group and how much time they have and who the people are. Uh, it's definitely not something that you can carve out like an hour for and do because uh, there's so much storytelling involved that and then also when you're looking at a group of you know five people that are engaging and interacting with the story uh, an hour barely would get you through a battle oh yeah combat takes a while yeah, yeah, because, you know, it was just like any other game, you know, you got five people that's taking five turns. There's there's thought involved. How am I going to attack? Uh, what am I going to use? Yeah, uh, and there's all the roles and math. And the math, exactly. So then uh, just if you were able to beat it in one round is going to eat up 20 or 30 minutes, and that never happens. You're never going to beat it in a round. Uh, yeah. But, and then there's... So, there's different types of players and different types of GMs. Like, a lot of players, or some players, enjoy the storytelling more. Like, combat's just, like, in the way of getting to the story. It's like something they have to get through to get to the next place to talk to the new people. Whereas for other people, it's like, story is, okay, okay, where am I going? What am I killing? Cool. Why am I killing it? Cool. Let's go kill it now. And then they prefer the <laughs> combat portion. I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Same. I think I like combat a bit more. I've always... I love tactical games. Like... So, like, so like obviously, the so the thing is, is the story is a little bit less interactive, right? So, I mean, you, you do get to interact with it. You do get to do... But, like, the battle, like, you're required. You know, like, that's... You're, you're involved. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can totally... Uh, go sessions of like role playing and doing the story where one person just doesn't interact at all like right the barbarian shitty charisma not exactly the one to go up and talk to everybody is always on the sidelines for storytelling but in the battle they're the focus like they're the they're big right heavy the hitter shit. damage taker yeah yeah so um I don't know. I, I definitely feel like I fall somewhere in the middle. But yeah, I definitely would say probably more towards the battle side of things. It's yeah. nice to uh, it's nice to go knowing that I'm going to get to kill some shit. Yeah, uh, no. I, I'm, I feel the same. I, I, I like the storytelling. I like being part of the story, but I definitely prefer combat. 
but yeah, definitely, like, it's not something you can set aside an hour of your time for. You're going to need some more time uh, in a session. But you know, just be adaptable, be able to uh, work with people, and it, it, like, this thing can, can last as long as you want it to, and can be done relatively uh, in, a, in a short few sessions. So it's just all about what you uh, want out of it as a group and it's everything about it, it, it it's an adaptable story that you can kind of uh, make your own little fantasy world and that's just really intriguing to me I, I feel nerdy the fact that we've been talking about this now coming up on an hour uh, I've ne like I said I've never thought that in a million years this is where I would be playing Dungeons and Dragons or talking about it. Even worse, talking about it and not playing it, right? Uh, yeah. But here, but here we are. Yeah, and we're going to uh, be... I don't think we've said this yet, but we're going to be starting a session in July. Going to start playing that. Yeah. In July. Nope. The other J1. One of the other J1s. It's, it's going to be January, uh, which it already is. Uh, so very shortly, we're going to be starting a uh, a campaign of our own with a couple of uh, friends from work and family and stuff. So it's a good point. We might we'll, have already. We're not releasing this till January. We might have already started. Yeah, by the time you guys are hearing this, we probably will have started. So. Uh, Maybe in some of our future stuff, we might fill you in on where we are, what's happening, it's what awesome. our characters are. We never know. We never decided a release schedule for these, actually. I guess you said the first one, we went out on the 1st. Uh, or the 31st. 1st or the 31st, yeah. 31st. The 31st is probably when we'll drop. So, the I don't know if you want to do that. That's a Tuesday. We're talking about this on the podcast are we going to do tuesdays every tuesday let's see i'm fine with that bet tuesday i hate <laughs> you hate it when i say that oh my god to be fair i hate I, it when anyone says it yeah 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 yeah. but i just think it's funny that i just managed to get that in there uh, yeah, the so end. yeah technically by the time this drops we will have had our first uh session so that will so yeah we might fill you guys in on what's happening on that on some later episodes uh and we'll see but uh also uh starting to kick off um some social media campaign so we'll be uh, the Night Shift Drift. We're going to be on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. All the, uh, the Twatter, whatever. All the different social media outlets. Uh, so check us out there. Like us. Uh, share us with your friends. Same with... So wherever it is you're getting your podcasts, um, you know, we should be there. Obviously, if you're listening to us, uh, but definitely do whatever you can. Follow us, like us, share us, tell your friends, tell your family. Get us out there. That's a big help for us. Uh, 
the hope is is that people enjoy this and that we can you know hopefully get out there and entertain more and more people and grow uh, some sort of fan base to this nonsense dribble that we uh, have continued to put out <laughs> but we would definitely appreciate it and we uh, we definitely if you've managed to listen through uh, two weeks, appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. I All think right. that we are uh, good to go. And this has been Night Shift Rift. I'm Mike. I'm Damien. And we need to work on a better outro. And we need to work on a better outro. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yes. I mean, but that's it. We're uh, good. Good night. Good night.